This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Hello and welcome to Smart TV with me, Kellyanne Taylor, and the lovely Caroline Frost. Hello there, lovely to be with you, Kellyanne, once again. Once again. What have you been watching this week on telly? Well, um, I promise we will get to some proper serious grown-up documentary stuff in a mo. But I have to answer the question honestly. In this dim and dark January month, I am I have escaped but uh, to death in paradise, but not what everyone else is watching. No, no, no. That would be too ordinary. So I've gone back to the beginning when Ben Miller debuted as the classic kind of fish-out-of-water policeman. I mean, death in paradise, it's written on the tin, isn't it? And we've seen this shtick before, the cliche of that person. Uh, Programmes like Northern Exposure did it wonderfully. But uh, two things I just want to say popped out at me before we move on is just how fully formed this programme came out of the box. We're now 12 series in, and when you look back at that first series, it was all there, you know, the three suspects stuck in a room, the summoning of the suspects together to to deliver the verdict, the crime and the, and the criminal in their midst. Very much a deliberate and transparent homage to Agatha Christie. And the other thing I would like to say is I know that four uh, policemen have now come along. I mean, when is a broom no longer a broom? Hardly anybody's there except the commissioner and the lovely Catherine who loves, who runs the restaurant. But once again, it's shown just how robust that storyline really is and it can withstand all those cast changes. So, I mean, it's never going to win any awards, but it's currently bringing me a lot of late evening pleasure. How good do you think you are at guessing who's committed the murder or well, the it's crime? Normally, <laughs> it's normally the most highly paid famous guest star, <laughs> isn't it? It's the Midsummer Murders rule. But a few times they have swayed from that just to fox me. But that is generally the rule of thumb. 
We love that. I have also been experiencing some escapism or looking mm. for escapism. And I have, as you know, um, retreated to my all-time favourite TV show, which is the one, the only Sex in the City, uh, available on now. Mm. Um, and I was triggered to do so after seeing um, an Instagram picture of Carrie and Aiden, which I believe is a little teaser for the And Just Like That series two. He's back. The one that got away. The one that got away, and I always thought he was the dreamiest anyway. I was never a big fan of Mr Big. I'm an Aiden gal. I have a question for you. How does it stand up to watching now? I know that there were questions about the diversity and that's been addressed in the in the new one. But in terms of the storylines, the women, I know it was groundbreaking at the time. How do you find watching it again in 2023? Do you know what? I love the original series. I think you have to take it with a pinch of salt, like you have to do with a lot of shows from that era. You know, it's the same kind of stuff as Friends. When you watch that back, there's jokes that don't land anymore. The humour isn't the same. We're not living in the 90s or the Mm -hmm. 2000s. What's its great strength? What's the enduring strength? That it is about, you know, it's about these issues that affect women that still affect women today. You know, when you're watching it, it doesn't feel like a far cry from what you're chatting about with your friends in the pub, Mm -hmm. which is lovely. However... You know, we also see it when they brought the series back. They have lost some of that kind of, I think, in trying to tick too many boxes and in trying to respond to all of those judgments made against the show, which I think stand quite rightly in that it's not diverse, doesn't really present any other stories than these four very rich, well-off, middle-class women in Manhattan. But that was the story. And I think it does lose its essence in its um, revival. However... Mm. You can go back and watch the original series, which I very much suggest you do. (laughs) If in doubt, go back in time. I think there's a common theme here, isn't there? Yes. Steer clear of uh, remakes or or approach with caution. Um, So we've had um, a couple of emails in Mm. to the podcast. So thank you very much, listeners, for getting in contact. It's really nice to hear you're listening and enjoying the show. Mm. Um, So we've had two bits of feedback. So general housekeeping, we will be the show's win now going to be reviewing we will include in some show notes uh, which can be found on the episode wherever you get your podcast from so that will be ticked off and secondly we will make sure that we are not only covering dramas and that we're also deep diving into documentaries and comedies and any other things that might have passed you by will be ticking off so on that note caroline i believe you have two very interesting documentaries for our listeners mm, hopefully and very different so let's start with saturday evening eight thirty channel five now kellyanne you're far too young you're but a <laughs> twinkle in the parent's eye when stock aiken waterman not just entered the charts oh my goodness they dominated it much to the critics despair oh they didn't like them but my goodness they cleaned up so this is a two-part documentary looking at just how mike stock matt aiken and the uber fura manager pete waterman managed what they did so successfully just three very talented men each uh, playing to their strengths pete made all the deals and of course when you think of stock aitken waterman you do think of the likes of i guess kylie minogue um, and rick astley but what this documentary very cleverly does is show the diversity of their talents that it wasn't just uh, the bunch of three hit makers that uh, hazel dean brought them their first top 10 hit divine 
the outrageous drag star from America actually created their first top 40 hit. And then, of course, they got into the big time with the likes of Kylie and Rick Astley. Uh, then other people came along. Banana Rama came calling. I remember once ruining a wedding reception with my then boyfriend because we were trying to remember the name of the song that Cliff Richard did, yes, with Stockade Kim Waterman. And we were trying to remember. And of course, this was back in the day when you couldn't just Google your friend Google. And we were at a wedding reception and we weren't dancing together. He was at the bar. And then the, a song came on and he ran across the reception floor just as I ran towards him, both screaming, this is the song. <laughs> and of course, completely distracting from the beautifully uh, cut bride at that time. So that it's always been in my mind when I thought of Stockade and Morton. More movingly as well, they talk about the very much missed late Mel Appleby, one half of Mel and Kim. So a pretty broad, uh, what would you say that? that That's quite a broad sheet of talent. It shows they weren't hot one-hit wonders and my goodness, they knew what they were doing. But as I say, the critics despaired. Life is a highway and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddleboards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! So a very nice watch for a Saturday evening. And actually, Mm. I mean, this was pre-my time, but my first ever music concert was Kylie Minogue. (laughs) There we are. And did she sing her Stock Aitken Waterman hits? Oh, uh, I have no idea, Caroline. That's uh, I should be so lucky. I think she does bring <laughs> that one out so due lucky. to crowd <laughs> yeah. demand. So you probably, you can't have gone a whole Kylie gig without one or two at least. Probably not. What else have you got? You've got something very different for listeners oh, now. Properly grown up. This is Sunday night, 9pm BBC Two. This is the Warship, colon, tour of duty, six episode So lots to dig into, a proper deep dive by award-winning filmmaker Chris Terrell, who is very much at home. I mean, he gets embedded with these troops. He's a friend of the Navy because... It's a, I mean, let's face it, it's a wonderful recruitment tool if this is done well. And he is on the Royal Navy's latest big budget HMS Queen Elizabeth uh, following this operational mission, its debut mission, following the ship on a uh, seven-month voyage to the South China Sea, clearly wanting to make its presence felt, even in this day and age of cyber warfare and hacking and all that kind of stuff, it still pays to rule uh, or be seen ruling on the high seas. And so he's on board with um how many staff how many personnel do you reckon are on that ship have a crack maybe 200 250 
Mm-mm. And the rest, 1,600 oh men and women, gosh. including 300 US Marines, proving that the uh, special relationship is alive and well. But uh, something goes wrong. It's very telling in um, one of the very first scenes when uh, there is an almost near fatal accident and you see Chris Terrell's reaction and he's out there filming, but it's personal because he's got to know these people so, so well because he spends so much time with them. And the result is some very intimate coverage, not just of the extraordinary technology, but also those men and women working so hard. We don't hear about them, but my goodness, I'm grateful that they're out there working for us. Um, Over to you, what's on your watch list? So something that is really not normally my thing, but I'd heard lots of hype around, was The Last of Us, which is on Sky Atlantic, um, or now, you can can watch it, and they're releasing, in the old-fashioned terrestrial style, an episode per week. The second episode is out already, so number one and number two are out, um, and it is basically this kind of post-apocalyptic pandemic world and it is based on a video game now i don't know if people have heard of tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow which is a book by gabrielle zevin that is doing the rounds and is turning heads of critics and kind of doing that sally rooney-esque thing where um it seems to do seems to straddle both mainstream popular culture and the literary criticism and literary critics sphere and that book is all about gaming and it seems like slowly game is becoming more and more mainstream so for those who aren't interested in gaming neither am i bear with stick with me so effectively it is about a man who uh Normal, normal human being. He's actually played by Pedro Pascal, who you'll recognise, very, very brilliant actor from Narcos. Um, and he plays a dad called Joel. So we've got this dad, Joel Miller, and his daughter, and he goes to bail out his brother from prison. And when he comes back, his daughter is being basically attacked by this zombie-esque figure which is caused or humans become a zombie caused by this fungus now it all sounds very far-fetched and very strange and it isn't something i would never have normally watched however it is really really good it is brilliant acting it's very kind of handmaid's tale vibe to it um it's dark it is a bit jumpy um, but it's all done with kind of a cinematic gaze that i think is usually lost from kind of horror thrillers so that is definitely on my to watch list and i would highly recommend even though it might sound a bit far-fetched just go (laughs) for it just go and dig it out Well, I wouldn't watch that either, but I trust you and I'm going to give it a crack because you've told me to. Thank you. What have you got on the streaming services this week? Oh, something far more old school and mainstream (laughs) and won't (laughs) test the gaming knowledge of which I have zero. So this is Bank of Dave. It's doing very well on Netflix. It's been much talked about. A real life story of this sweet fellow, this um, self-made millionaire, Dave Fishwick, kind of like the, I guess, the equivalent of a northern Lord Sugar. He's in Burnley and he realises that people are having trouble getting loans how how do you get onto the wheel we're always being told 
provide the economy with capital, have money to spend to keep shops open. Nobody can get on the wheel. So what Dave realises is that this is a massive problem for small local businesses. So he creates his own community bank. And of course, you'd think that would be easy. But uh, London's elite financial institutions, of which there are many and we have heard plenty, they don't like the sound of this. This is very disruptive. What's the little man doing taking it to the big man? And so you have this, um, the peril is in the banking licence, which doesn't sound very interesting. But trust me, this is good fun. And if I tell you that Rory Kinnear is playing Dave in the film about Dave, that's pretty much the stamp of success right there because he is such a likeable, um, versatile, but always appealing actor. So much of his wonderful late much Miss father is in him. And uh, good supporting cast, Hugh Bonville as Sir Charles. I, I'm guessing he's one of the elite. <laughs> uh, yeah. But um, also uh, Phoebe Denever, who we mm. saw in Bridgerton. She is uh, there, um, also on the side of the angels. And uh, Paul Kay, who who um, we see a lot of. I mean, he started out as Dennis Pennis and has become a lot more things beside turning up in straight roles. Uh, so, again, nice to see him. And Kathy Tyson, who we haven't seen for a while. So a good varied cast mm. led by uh, Rory Kinnear and uh, a good yarn and it's real life. And it's really quite inspiring because I came away thinking... Yes, perhaps I can set up that cottage industry I've been talking about for 25 years. So, yes, a recommended watch, and that is available on the Netflix. On the Netflix. Now, over to my favourite part of the show. Uh, I'm glad we coined this in week one. It seemed to have happened by accident and now is a fan favourite, even if fan might just be me for the moment. <laughs> um, what is your frost fancy little, this week? A little week? frost fancy. Well, in an upcoming issue of the Radio Times, I think uh, coming out next week on sale on Tuesday, we've got a wonderful interview with Natasha McKellone, who we've mm. seen in films for the last 20 years, but increasingly on telly. She leads the cast in Hotel Portofino, which is effectively Downton on the Italian Riviera. What more do you need? Sorry, I am going back into my little drama hole, but not for very long, I promise. But it, this um, has inspired me to think about period dramas and why do we go back to them so often? I mean, yes, they are very, um, I guess, exclusively upper class by necessity. Those are the stories that got told of yesteryear. And she gives a very good answer to that in the interview on sale on Tuesday, which she explains why we think, uh, why she thinks we go back so often what we get from them in our own contemporary community. But I also had a look at what other period dramas are available and I couldn't get further than the early 80s a Granada production of Brideshead Revisited, horribly dated. I mean, was dated then, but my goodness, the budget, the locations, Castle Howard... Uh, Anthony Andrews with his teddy bear. Uh, I don't know if you've ever come across or even seen any of the remakes, but they pale in comparison. This set the bar for that big budget drama that we saw so much of in the 80s. And I can remember going abroad and people all thought this was made by the BBC, which was interesting. It wasn't. This was ITV. And I think this was the moment they thought, yes, we can do this too. So there's lots available. I mean, all all these um, dramas end up on the streaming platforms these I days. I know. Yeah, they so are. Hold oh, Up on Netflix, you know, Downton Abbey is on Britbox, as is Brideshead Revisited. There's a bunch of stuff. And um, for little um, sort of old time wallowers like me, it is a bit of a Sunday afternoon frost fancy treasure, I have to say. 
Oh, that sounds delicious. I do like going back. I'm, you know, I've seen recently that they've done a lot of Austin adaptations recently, mm. which can also be found on Netflix. You've got um, my personal favourite is Emma Thompson's Sense and Sensibility. So, which she wrote is... as well, didn't she? She got the Oscar for that, yes, uh, for the adaptation. I mean... But I'll tell you what's coming our way um, is a lovely bridge between the two. Well, there are two. There's the prequel for Bridgerton, which is all about Queen Charlotte's younger years mm. before she became the sort of the dom- the you know the dominatrix of that society that's coming Shonda Rhimes can do no wrong and also so for Peaky Blinders fans Stephen Knight again the busiest man in telly writing uh, if it's not Stephen Moffat or James Graham it's Stephen Knight he mm. is bringing us great expectations so I think we can expect some sort of ACDC Ooh. soundtrack on the marshes when Pip encounters Magwitch uh, his unique contemporary sound what did he do most recently SAS rogue heroes so that sort of thing with a bit of dickens very interesting cannot wait well that's uh that's all from us this week we hope whether it is documentary or inspiring film or a throwback to some lovely period dramas there is something in there for everyone we will be posting all of these shows in the show notes so you can find that in your episode descriptions uh thank you very much for listening and we will be back next friday <laughs>